All right, here with Steve Maddow and uh, Steve, mate. Uh, from what I understand, young hippie poor hey loves you. Who? <laughs> Who? George. Oh, what'd you call him? Hippie poor hey. Oh, poor hey. Yeah, no, Georgie's playing some good footy. Um, on Friday, he was enormous for us at oh, 200 and something metres. But he made so. He's he's still a young kid. He's he's still raw, and uh, he's only going to get better for us. Yeah, the uh, news is that mate, he, he came to the club because he wanted to play next year. Oh, well, that's a surprise to me. Is that what he said? The information I've been passed, mate. I told you, George, yeah. No, nah, that's good. Yeah, no, nah, um, he's been enormous for us. Um, I haven't really had to do too much. I just had to guide him. You know, he had he had the coaches um, talking to him, a lot of the senior players. So for me, it was just to get him to talk a bit on the sideline and, and um, just to get a bit more involved in Mate, he's been enormous for us this uh, last few weeks. And is that something that you draw on just from your uh, rookie years, mate? Yeah, it is. It is. Um, for me, at the start, I, I found it hard to, to try and find my feet. I thought I'd um, to find my place in the team. So I think George has found that in the last few weeks. that He feels comfortable now, and, and um, it's showing with, with uh, the football that he's playing. And uh, Kieran Foran's back to full fitness, mate, and that makes your left edge really dangerous. Well, it does, um, especially with T-Rex here. You know, he's a very big human and very tough to, to stop. Um, and for Kieran, he just runs some uh, great lines. He, he's he's a great ball player, great footwork, and uh, he's a really strong defender. So, um, you know, if we, if we do our job on the left side, I'm sure um, the right side will do their job. And, um, yeah, it will, will be a tough, tough game, and hopefully we get the win. And you speak of the, the strengths of, I guess, Melbourne's side as their big three, but, I mean, your left edge is, is like a big three. You've got your middle, you've got your two edges, um, yeah. making them worry about you guys. Well, that's, yeah, well, well, that's it. You know, we can't worry about them. This week is, is going to be about us, um, what we have to do, not what, you know, what we have to stop them doing. But So we have to be um, good with the ball, execute well and, and defend well. And um, if we do that on Friday, we'll, we'll definitely beat them. And just one game away from a grand final, how's that feel? Two wins away from a ring. How does that feel? G'day, everybody. Welcome to episode 127 of Not the Footy Show. It's the finals week three preview. I'm Warwick Nicholson. No, you're, you're Mr. Grumpy. <laughs> yes, Mr. Optimistic. DC Chapman, how are you? I'm good, how are you? Oh, everybody, we just went and he's, had some dinner. He's grumpy. And uh, McDonald's got our order wrong. The Bigger Mac, is it that hard to understand, DC Chapman? It's a little bit hard to understand. Okay. I walk in and I'll pretend you're the person behind the counter, okay. McDonald's. Yep. And I walk up and I say, excuse me, young lass, how are you doing? Very good, thanks, mister. <laughs> Fresh out of year seven. Uh, <laughs> and I basically say, I would like a Big Mac meal, please. Yep. So what, what, oh, what size would you like? A medium Big Mac meal, please. No worries. I'll and put on it, the Big Mac... Straight into the machine. Machine. Uh-huh. See, that's the thing. They always go too fast. They go too fast. Like a <laughs> machine. And yeah, on the Big Mac, instead of regular patties, I'd like quarter pounder patties, please. Now, I don't think that's that hard to understand. You just take the two regular patties out. Yeah, but, but And sir, you put the two... We, we don't have that set into our machine. All what you'll find is, big, is it, it, we it's... We have one button that What are they called? They're called quarter pounder patties, Yeah. Yeah, but we don't sell on them the, On the machine, apparently, this is what I've been able to garner over the last four years since I've been getting these puppies. If you work is at that McDonald's... There is, a, there is a one dot dot four, which looks like a quarter. Oh, right. A four to one, I think it is. And it's not that hard and to And you understand. can buy just the patty by and itself. You, and, yeah, the patty's more expensive than the regular patty. So you pay a little bit extra. 
So but, we've gone in tonight. We've ordered these two of these because DC. But they would have to take away the price of the regular. Yeah, which patties. just regu- it says regular patty. I'm sure oh, something like that. <laughs> regular Big Mac patty. And you take the two out and you put the two in. It's pretty simple. And yet DC Chapman, what happened to us tonight? We're the Nick Nack patty. Yeah. <laughs> we want football, mate. Uh, this story was supposed to take thirty seconds. Righto, let's so go. Right, what happened? No, they they stuffed up the order. They it's, gave us they gave us the quarter pound of buns instead of the quarter pound of patties. So we sat down to have our bigger Macs, everyone. And we got quarter pounder buns on Big Macs with regular size patties, which were next to each other. Too big. Oh, anyway. Patties. But having said that, is the bigger Mac the greatest thing on earth? No, it's not the greatest thing on earth. The 30 cent ice cream, is that the greatest thing on earth? That's just about the greatest thing on <laughs> All earth. All right, everybody, we'll have Matty Duncan and our entire preliminary finals preview. We're after the break here on Not the Footy Show. Show? Peter, I'm glad to see you. First and kicks off. It's Sunday Death Football. Thank you. 
obviously it's intros like that that makes me happy that the season's almost over. Mr. <laughs> Grumpy! Mr. Grumpy! Hey, Duncan. You're the one who started, decided to go on about it and have a full intro about it. I was just going to call you Mr. Grumpy and leave it. Mr. Grumpy. Should I do the whole show in Mr. Grumpy voice? Because Matt's not going to answer. Do, do the whole show in Mr. Happy voice instead. Hello, Matthew speaking. Someone just ran to the phone. I couldn't find it. <laughs> oh, uh, the pantomime man himself, Matthew Duncan, the doctor, as we like to call him, is on. Uh, not the footy show once again. And, buddy, uh, where was the phone in the end? On the charger was. On the charger. Getting the juice up, ready to talk to you, mate. But, oh, yeah. Uh, we do, we do go... We do go through the old uh, uh, phone bill, all the time I do go through the phone bill uh, every single week, but it's always worth it, mate, because uh, although all your teams in Queensland are done for 2012, uh, there is a little thing called a Queensland Cup Grand Final coming up this weekend, mate. Yeah, it actually works really well for the QRL. Was uh, for the first time, um, the, the two, probably two of the most prominent clubs, two of the biggest rivalry clubs in the Queensland Cup, Wynnum and, and Redcliffe, uh, meeting in a grand final. There's, you know, we're all a bit sad up here from a, a Queensland point of view that the Cowboys and uh, Broncos are gone, but it, it gives a, there's been great promotion for the game for the Queensland Cup grand final on Sunday. So we're, we're looking forward to a huge day out on Sunday and uh, we'll be covered by Channel 9, the main game, from 4 o'clock on Sunday. Who, who were the, the two teams, or the four teams... In the qualifying finals, Matty? In the, in the, well, there wasn't. They, they went adopted an old uh, final five yeah. system, oh. uh, DC. So we had uh, record for the minor premiers, and then second and third were Wynnum and Tweed, and the other two teams making up the top five were Norse and the Ipswich Jets, and the Ipswich Jets uh, were coached by the Walker brothers, who were actually the coaches of the year. Okay, and then Very their team good. got knocked out first week, if I recall. Sorry, what was that? Their team got knocked out first week, if I recall. That's right, that's right, yep. And that's as far as I followed the QRL, the Queensland Cup this season, um, I have to admit. Now, you guys, uh, you guys are, you're the Redcliffe man. You're, mate, I'm seeing you pop up in um, Redcliffe Dolphins Facebook things all the time, mate. Are you sneakily the, the social media director for the Redcliffe Dolphins? No, I'm, I'm not. Well, I actually, I, I do do the tweeting on game day, but that's as far as I go. But I, I have had a couple of runs lately on the on the Facebook page, getting a bit of a push. But uh, uh, no, I'm, I'm just a game day tweeter. That's as far as my relationship goes there. Okay, so it's Redcliffe against uh, Wynnum. Now, it's so I, as I understand, it's it's Manly it's the C. It was you, you're going to play the C goals regardless, right? Yeah, the two C goals fought over a chip last Sunday. The uh, Wynnum C goals and the Tweed Head C goals, and uh, Wynnum run away convincing winners. Now, I believe they've got Big Dane Carlaw still running around for them. Carlos still goes around. He, he, uh, they're the defending premiers, Wynnum, and uh, Carlos was there, placed with them last year as part of the uh, Bronco placement, but uh, he, he decided to stick on with Wynnum on his own right last year. They've got a couple of other fringe Broncos players in, in Dan Wallace, and yep. uh, also Nathaniel Barnes plays for them as well, who's also on the Broncos' books. But uh, overall, they're, they're, you know, they've got a big, tough four-pack and uh, uh, some talented backs. Now, why do Redcliffe win this game, bud? I just think overall, was they've, uh, they've got some, some amazing, talented backs. Uh, Capewell has steered them around. I know we've never seen the best of Capewell at NRL level, yep. but at, at this 
corner second tier level. He, he's he is a class above. So he's one of those unlucky players that's probably too too good for this Queensland Cup, but just not quite up to NRL standards. He, he's probably the real difference between the sides. Uh, another bloke that's just signed with the Brisbane Broncos for a year, Joey Bond. He's he's the closest thing you'll see to, to Benny Barber in the, in the Queensland Cup. Very freakish player from fullback, uh, light on his feet. Has scored some amazing tries this year. So I think they're the two players. That'll make the difference for the for the mighty Finns come Sunday. Okay, DC, who are you going to pick, Wynnum or Redcliffe? Oh, well, it, it's mainly Wynnum. So I was going to ask, you know, how many how many went, uh, well how many of those fans turned out last week? Did they did they pack out the stadium or not? Wynnum's Wynnum are the best support the two best supported clubs in the Queensland Cup are uh, Wynnum and Redcliffe. So. Uh, if, if the planets align and uh, the weather's good on, on Sunday, we, for the first time, I'd say we'd get 15 to 20,000 at the Queensland Cup Grand Prix. And that's uh, at Suncorp Stadium. And what's the admission fee, mate? Uh, 20 bucks admission free. Uh, admission fee. So um, <laughs> it's, a, it's a big day planned. Uh, Busby and Maru for all the uh, music followers out there are, are playing on the day, which is a relatively high-profile band for uh, the QRL to, to snare on the day. So, um, yeah, yeah it should be a great day out there. That, that's pretty good. I like the old Busby. They're, I've only found out about them in the last month or so, but, yeah, they're, they're good. You, you jumped on them at the right time. Yeah, didn't uh, I? I'm going to take uh, your Redcliffe boys, uh, minor premiers, that'll do it for me to pick them to win the game. I take them by... Let's take them by four points. DC, you're taking... I'm taking Redcliffe as well. I've, I've got family in Redcliffe, so... Bye. By 12. All right. And uh, Mr. Peninsula? I'll go Redcliffe by 13. I hope it's by a lot more because I'm a very nervous uh, football watch, particularly with Redcliffe. So my nerves won't be real fast, but uh, uh, as long as they win by one once, I'll be happy. Okay. Now, we have to turn our attention back to week two of the finals in the NRL. And, lads, we won't uh, draw too long uh, a bow on all these games. But let's just say the video refs uh, are up to their best work in uh, both matches. What do you reckon? You know, I'm so disappointed that we've seen, you know, that, that we're still talking about video. I know, and we have to talk about video refs, don't yeah. get me wrong, but the fact that we are still talking about them is, is such a disappointing thing that, you know, this has come finals time. This is, you know, this, apart from State of Origin, this is, you know, this is the showcase of our year. This is what we all work towards. And, you know, a week later, and we'll still be talking about it, you know, Cowboys, they will in the North anyway, yeah. about some horrendous video ref decisions. Okay, well the first game was the Seagulls 22, Cowboys 12 and with the game 12 all, there was one decision that was highly questionable but I could understand how they gave the try, although this is the interesting one, it was the George Tafua try or Jorge Tafua as uh, he crossed the line. Now we were watching this game in a pub and the angles that you saw, you don't get the commentary so you're not understanding what the necessarily VRF's looking at. Now, I reckon there is a case that when Tafua reaches out initially and he, as he gets tackled, his hand manoeuvres on the ball, not of his own free will, but it's just the way his body was being turned. And you can see the ball just turn towards the try line. And there's a side angle that you can see um, pretty much the ball potentially hit the plane of the try line. Then, after that, he lifts his arm up and puts it over the line and then grounds the ball. Now... As we were watching it in the pub, the group of the guys I was with, we all sort of went, well, there's a, there's a case that potentially the ball, as it turned in his hand on the ground, has maybe crossed the plane of the line, and that's why they've gone benefit of the doubt. Then we turned around and heard that they actually gave it for his momentum 
what was the actual that his momentum had yeah, continued had or something, yeah, and that's he still why. Had momentum, yeah. I wanted to ask you both: Had you seen the try like we had? I, I, I'll seen it exactly how you did. Was at the time I thought, yeah, there's a case for that where he's where he's just short, but kind of rolled his hand across the ball, and it's probably hit some chalk. So I, I was okay with that, yeah. But um, I, you know, that's pretty much summed up how I was watching it at the time. Do you say? I think they're too harsh on it. I, I think we, we see too many tries that are called a no try because of a double movement when. So you reckon he didn't double movement? No, he, he had definite momentum, oh. and it's happened plenty of times. Just because you lift your elbow off the ground, or whatever, you're still going. That's forward. That's opening up the and hole. It's, yeah, but it's. I don't think. I don't think that rule should be in the place. The frustrating in part that about way. that rule is simply this: that in the middle of the field, a player is allowed to get tackled, crawl forward two or three meters, get out, play the ball, push the guy back, and it's play on. That's why people get frustrated. It doesn't the, benefit them in that the case, thing. Though. But I, I personally, you got to have the double movement rule because. Well, you've got to have the rule. But, but I, think, I just this one, I couldn't understand why that was the reason they gave the try. When I thought there was actually some evidence there that said Tafua maybe got the ball down. But then the next one came in, lads, and we can't spend common too much sense. time. It comes back to the common sense. Well, it really does. common sense is the one that went out the window with the next try. The bomb goes up, it bounces once, which was a mistake the Cowboys made for a start. And I know the, the call was wrong, but you've got to catch that ball. Then Thurston jumps up to try, and I don't even know what he was trying to do with the ball. It wasn't like he was trying to catch it, he was trying to knock it or something. Foran gets a hand to it. Look, he's admitted... I was at the thing, the press conference on Tuesday at Manly. He didn't skirt around the subject. He just said, look, I've seen... Basically, I've seen the replay. I know... Yeah, it looks like I've touched it. So yeah. It. And now, is it worse? Well, that's what he did. He didn't He didn't deliberately hold his tongue at the time knowing that he'd touched it. Is it worse? After he saw the replay, he's gone, yeah, I've, yeah, I've touched if it. If he'd stayed head in the sand, oh, I didn't touch it, didn't touch it, is that yeah. worse than coming out no. on Tuesday and he's saying done, that he's touched right it? What do, you, what do you reckon, Matt? Basically, he did admit that well, after seeing the replay that he obviously had been wrong is what he, is the way he put it in the presser, which I actually... <laughs> and I give everyone, him credit for that. bar the guy Well, that's the, the problem, is that, that they ended up looking at the other things afterwards, and the moment they started looking at the Jamie Lyon incident, I just went, oh no, here's the problems, because they're going to... Yeah, that's and right. And it was pretty obvious that he touched it. What uh, was look, the other thing that happened, though? Because the was, problem is... I saw three things. Jonathan Thurston got pushed in the back. It probably wasn't worth a, worth a, yeah. a penalty. Yeah. Then Foran pushed it... Touched it, and then I, the, what was the last thing that happened after they got the ball out? There was a forward pass or something like that. Nah, Jamie Lyon happened. got hit, went to the ground, and technically didn't oh, have any he hands on the him. Ball off the ground. Didn't have any hands on him, and that's why they played on. Um, Technicality, come on, people! <laughs> what? That's the problem with, you know with like everything. It? With everything that's happening here, the reason why it's so contestable is because we we have this video that, that we can look at a thousand times over and say, T- "Look at this tiny little thing that happened." So we've got a rule on it. But if you just use your common sense and say, look, he's passed that ball off the ground, it doesn't matter doesn't that, that, that no, technically... That, that, we no... don't care about the Jamie Lyon bit. Well, it's It's, it's completely irrelevant because he knocked on. Kieran Foran got a touch of the ball, went forward. That should have been the end of it. And sadly, that's not what happened. Look, the Cowboys, I thought, actually had their chances before even the, um, the Tafua try. They scored that try after half-time to go to 12-all, and then they really had about... It might have only been five minutes, but they were on top of Manly. Couldn't get the try. I think Brent Tate did the old dummy and run himself, didn't he, Matt? 
Cowboys, it's just unfortunate for them that uh, they come against me. I think they beat a lot of they beat South, I reckon, if they played them uh, this week uh, based on the performance. But that team, look, you can you can win games through the season when you've got two chief playmakers, but they uh, they're just lacking one. They're lacking a piece in that puzzle up there in Queensland. Uh, for mine, the Seagulls move on. They set up a mini with the Storm. Now the other game was the Raiders and the Rabbitohs. Look, the Rabbitohs were the better team. Uh, the game actually changed on probably. The solution's greatest kick of his entire career. Um, we were watching the game up there with uh, McNick and Ernie, and uh, McCrone put a kick in about the sixth or seventh minute. It held up in the in goal beautifully. Canberra raced down. They didn't trap Inglis in goal, but they tackled him about five minutes out, and you just went, okay, Canberra, this is where, if they're going to get an ascendancy in the game early, this is going to be it. Third tackle, Sam Burgess does one of the best hit ups I've ever seen in my entire life. He got about 10 metres, but he got the 10 metres and landed on his stomach, got up, played the ball. Yeah. Everingham ran from dummy half, got another 15, 20 metres. Canberra's on the back foot. I have big forwards, Dane Tills and Shillington. They're all puffed already just because the game's just shifted and those two play the balls. And then Isaac Luke runs from dummy half, hits John Sutton, who then beats about four Canberra fans, ends up passing to uh, Adam Reynolds. Fans, <laughs> forwards. Um, and uh, to me, that was just not a good sign because if you guys recall the game that Canberra played against... Uh, South back in round 12, the exact same thing happened. South got out to a three tries opening lead. Canberra got back to within two points at half time, and then the second half, South went away with it, and it's pretty much exactly what happened in this match. Yeah, it was. Well, uh, that's exactly what happened again, was. And uh, it's unfortunate, and, and I actually thought the exact same thing at that, at that time. I thought Canberra, you know, if they can big set in defence here and get the ball in good field position, um, you know, they'll, they'll be a chance here. And before you knew it, Reynolds was in under the sticks. And, and at that moment, I thought, yeah, this South kind of will run away yeah. with it. And, and they did. So. Yeah. Unfortunately, it was it was very much a pivotal moment because the first three tackles they did hold them deep, and I thought, oh, here we go, yeah. Canberra are and doing Bur- well. Burgess's runs, just, and then they just picked that one gap, and then that it was led fantastic. to another one. And, and um, the, the killer for Canberra, though, really in the match was they got back into it. They had all the momentum when Sander got that second try, and then I don't know what happened. I don't know who made the mistake, but we handed the ball back to South a minute later. They scored before half time. They went back out twenty points to ten, and that was your game, boys and girls. But we did get to the second half. And I'm interested in hearing what your guys' call is. Uh, Greg Inglis gets awarded a penalty try. Thoughts? Oh, I, I don't think it was. I, in my opinion, I wouldn't have given it. But, you know, I, I'm no VA ref, obviously, but <laughs> I, I think there was enough doubt there. So? Based on what they've done in the past, they probably shouldn't have given it, but I do... I think that that's the type of stuff that they should give a penalty try for. Because he was. He was tackled without the ball when it was right there and he would have fallen over the line. Well, that's the thing. That, that he, wasn't, the very he, he, didn't, he didn't literally fall over the line. He was still the seven momentum. or eight metres out. No, he wasn't. He was. Not. Have a look at the he replay. He was three metres out. The problem with it that I have simply is this. Professional fouls are where you interfere with a player um, in attacking situations. So if that's what not what Blake Ferguson did, then I'll give it away. The second bit is Greg Ingles did not catch the ball. Because so, he was tackled. Listen, before. yeah, but even if he catches it, the video ref has basically decreed that Blake Ferguson, who is on him, can't can't has no up. hope at all of pulling off one of those amazing try saving tackles. 
Now, that is where the rule fell down for me. I'm fine with 10 minutes in the bin. I'm fine penalty south. But you cannot disregard Blake Ferguson's chance to pull off a try-saving tackle yeah. in that situation. And, it comes down and Josh to Dugan also had a hand on him as well, which everyone forgets. Josh Dugan had Yeah, but committed. they were behind him. They weren't going to get in front of him and stop him from getting over the line. You can't say that. Yes, yeah, I can. No, you can't. I can't say it unequivocally. He hasn't called the ball. But the he way hasn't... the rule works is you've got to make the decision. What do you think would have happened? Hasn't caught the ball. I, I, my opinion was that he would have caught it and gone over the line. I don't think you can say that unequivocally. And that's, that was a... I mean, the decision, we were down by 12 points at that stage of the Raiders, but um, that one completely uh, nullified the game's contest with 15 minutes to go. The, the, the thing for me, there was too many. Like, he, he had to catch the ball and still get over the line. And as soon as he said there was two ifs, you know, there was two things yeah. you had to do. For mine and how I've been brought up with the penalty try, that's not a penalty try. Uh, see, to me, the difference is if, that's, if, if Burgess goes through and puts a kick through, all right, and it's just sitting in the end goal... And all, all Inglis has to do is run through and put the ball down and actually just touch the yeah. ball and put the ball down. And, in, and then Ferguson tackles him there. I'm fine. Penalty try for your life. Yeah, I agree. Yep. But the fact that he still had to catch it and then get the ball down with, with Ferguson. The thing is, everyone's saying that Ferguson tackled him illegally, which is fine. But he was still in that vicinity. Yeah. So even if he doesn't tackle him initially, you know what, he though? still has a chance to pull that we're, try. We're coming back up. to the technicalities of it again. And we're, we're forgetting about the spirit of the law rather than the... What? than the letter of the law. So what's Ferguson supposed to do? Just let him run through and score untouched? No, but you've got to give credit to to a decision that's been made more on a sensibility oh, decision see, I... when, when all these other things are happening. Where, you know... I, I, I'll say this, though. If, and I'll say this a number of times with these kind of decisions. If that score is 12-all, grand final, 10 minutes to go, there is no way that's given a penalty try. I agree, I agree. And something yeah, I true. think, too, that, and, uh, and I know people disagree with me, I, they took into account that was Greg Inglis. I don't yeah. know if you can rule on the on the play. Like, I know, and DC just said, you know, sometimes you've got to use some common sense, but I, I think it's that's where you've really got to be black or white. And, and, and they've ruled that they've taken into account that was Greg Inglis. He's hard to stop. I, I think you've just got to take the player out of it when making the decision. And, and no, I think they... They said, oh, well, that was Greg Inglis. He would have got there. I, I don't think he can do that when ruling on a penalty try. No, I agree. So Canberra go down 38 points to 16. That's the end of their season. Uh, as I left the ground, the overwhelming feeling for me, boys, was just disappointment. You know, we had our chances, didn't take them. Yeah. Um, to, to, to win in that stage of the finals. Same thing happened two years ago. You don't get these chances uh, every single year. And I don't know, that's the thing that, that hit me the most as I left the ground. It wasn't necessarily a performance. It was... We were two games from a grand final, and that's what hurts as a Canberra fan. Boys, let's move on from the video refs and week two and preview Melbourne versus Manly on Friday night down there in Amy Park. Now, I can tell you guys that GT will not be on the show tonight, so we're flying completely blind with the bets. Uh, Melbourne, $1.65. Manly defending premiers, $2.30. The line at the moment is two uh, is three and a half points, uh, Matty Duncan. Oh, I love the, the line for Melbourne. I've already had a, had a nibble there myself. Was I, I think they win and win easy. I've, I've backed them to win the premiership. I, I think uh, Manly, look, they, 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 they won last week, on, but they weren't overly convincing. I, I don't think it was a final standard game. I, I just yeah. think the, the Melbourne X-Factors, the, the Slater, Smith and Cronk, yeah, I, I, I really think they'll... They'll, they'll, put, they'll, they'll put a score on Manly on the weekend. Do you Yeah, I, I think Manly will win and win comfortably. I think that's very good money, uh, value for money. Manly, you like Manly now? Yeah. Okay, that's all right. 
I've always it just got seemed, seemed like he was the way he said that in my head was. Oh. Yeah, I agree with you, Matt. That's a really good point. And he's I just. Thought, a, I thought he was agreeing with you. <laughs> exactly how, it's yeah, exactly okay. how I, I heard did, it. I said it wrong. Didn't so I? in other words, you listen to what he said. I like that. That's good. No, well, anyway, uh, yeah, I, I, I think Manly are going to win by a few, by only about four. They, it'll, it'll, it'll be a tight match because because it's Manly versus Melbourne. That's why. But uh, Melbourne, I don't think will take the week off very well. I think that'll slow them down too much. It'll be good for Canterbury, but not for Melbourne. Um, and Manly, I think, are starting to get into their groove. Okay. Um, this has been tough for me all week because I've been doing a lot of work with the Seagulls and a lot of interviews with players. So as much as you try and stay separate from that and influencing your decisions, very hard. Uh, there are interviews with Kieran Foran and um, Steve Maddai turning up afterwards, boys. And I was saying, Matt, it's taken everything in my power not to litter the Steve Maddai interview with um, cat calls, but I won't do it, okay, because I'm a professional. And it's, and it's just not going to happen. Um, I'll believe that when I see it. <laughs> we hear it. Uh, hear look, it. Melbourne's game, I wrote on my website, wdnicholson.com, this week, the four X factors in the thing, Alan. You go, oh, it's Ben Barber, yeah, no drama. It's Kieran Foran, yeah, it's for Manly. It's um, Greg Inglis for South. But I think the X factor for Melbourne is Jesse Bromwich, their front rower. I think his ability to uh, make Melbourne's middle of the field stand up and match whatever the other team's forwards throw at him is a massive factor in the Melbourne game plan because as great as Smith and Cronk and Slater are, they need that space around the ruck. That is those simple things that Bellamy demands, they start in the front row for mine with Melbourne. And if he has a big game, they will beat the Seagulls. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back Jesse Bromwich here. I think Melbourne win by two. I think it's an absolute now, superb game. And talking I'm getting about, asked a question. Talking about Melbourne forwards, what's happening with Jason Riles? Jason Riles is done for the season, evidently. Uh, he's done a hamstring. I think he had a problem with it, um, and he aggravated it training on Tuesday, uh, and he's done for this particular game and probably the whole season. That's disappointing. It is. It is. Uh, he looked like he was going to get a chance at that premiership, but now uh, he probably misses out. So bad Bad luck for Jason Royals. Now, Jason King is in massive doubt. His shoulder is no good. Uh, he'll probably play, but I don't expect him to play big minutes. Um, and we've got to talk about hip, hip, or hey, boys. How good's he going? Matty, what do you think about Jesse Bromwich? <laughs> Before before we go on, okay. Well, I, I sorry, I, I cut him off. What, what do you agree with? Was it with there about Jesse? Oh, Maddie. Sorry, you cut out there, boys. Sorry, <laughs> I... smooth. Go go again, DC. Just cut out look. totally. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to ask you what your thoughts on Jesse Bromwich were because I cut oh, him. I, I, you know, I, I agree with. Was uh, he's one of those just parts of the puzzle for for the Bellamy game plan and, and I, I agree he's the man that needs to make space for, the, for those guys but um, I think it could be Bromwich or, or whoever Bellamy brought into that side those those pieces of the puzzle need to need to step up in games like these to um, make the room for those those magic magic three And but I, I just Cameron Smith in big games there's no better player than Cam Smith in, in big games and, and, and this is well there's a grand final coming up they very seldom does do teams that Cam Smith's involved in get get beat in big games, and, and, and he's a difference for mine. But I, I agree, Bromwich is a big part of the, the puzzle. Interesting, actually, you bring up that whole big game factor. I mean, they've obviously played a lot of Origin matches, but this will be if they win this game for Melbourne, um, it'll be the first win in a preliminary final since two thousand and nine, which is a few a few years ago now for a lot of those players. And I think half their team is not experienced winning. I guess one of the big games, which is the second last game of the season or last game of the season um, at the Storm. So, man, Manly, most of their squad went through this gauntlet last year. I wanted to ask about Hip Hip or Hey Guys, how good's he going? He's doing quite well, isn't he? He um, Surprisingly, he's 
surprisingly. We, well, okay, we've been singing me. this Sorry, three phrases me. the whole year because his nickname's fantastic. Yeah, I, I, I did notice it on the weekend. He was doing extra, extra good. And, um, yeah, I, I don't know. He just got a bit of extra oomph in his step. And, uh, yeah, not, not too sure what else is going on. <laughs> Matt? No comment. <laughs> very, very good. All right, let's move on uh, from that game. So, well, mate, how many did you have Melbourne by? You said to cover the line, but what's your actual margin? Let's go by 13. Oh, you love your 13s. Wow. Lucky 13s. Oh, 13 yeah. uh, now, buddy, we're not going to preview the Melbourne, the Bulldogs Souths game with you, so we need a tip. Uh, Bulldogs by 30 odd. We'll smash, we'll smash South Sydney. There you go, everybody. Matty says. Good on them to get them so close, but it's going to come to a terrible Canterbury 20 plus is the bet from Matty Duncan. Uh, yeah. We have a couple of over unders, mate, with the crowds. I don't know if anyone noticed uh, how it went last week. I didn't notice. How did no, you go I didn't last know. week? How did you go? <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, boys. Appreciate it. You know, pats in the back and all. Um, let's just say I was pretty much bang on both games. Uh, South Canterbury, I'm setting the line at 62,500. Over. He likes over. I knew I'd gone too low. When he answers that, that quickly, you know he's uh, all over it. DC? Oh, over for sure. Over. Aren't they predicting already a 70 strong? I believe I want to see it. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go under just because I'm different. We all know that. And the Melbourne game, 25,500. Under. Oh, yeah. DC? Yeah, I'm going under as well. Okay. I'm going to go over. I'll give Melbourne fans some love just for the sake of it. Um, all right, Matty Duncan, uh, Sports Fever. I'm sure it's got a massive Queensland Cup uh, final preview tomorrow. Thanks for being on the show. I'm sure we'll speak to you next week uh, for the grand final show. And if there's been, if we finally get some decent semi-finals games, I might even speak to you on the weekend. Sounds good, boys. Cheap, mm-hmm. nasty, mm-hmm. and downright boring. Do you remember that guy from from ABC? <laughs> it's not going to work now. <laughs> not Captain Caveman. No, no, no. Not there Captain was, there Banana. was. I'm telling you, there was. There, no, I think it was Banana Man. I'm pretty Banana sure Man. it was Banana Man. Banana Man. He was fantastic. And then there was Super Ted. Was he in Super Ted? Super Ted was fantastic. Was Super Ted and Banana and Man the same show or were they separate shows? No, separate shows. Separate shows. Super Ted's nemesis was that Texan dude with the really thick beard. No, it just stubble. What do you oh, call okay. it? Is it stubble? That was. That's what we'll call it. Anyway. What about Banana Man? It I have his, no idea. I can't remember. It was his obstacle man. Obstacle man. It was, a, it was, it Banana was, Man's arch nemesis been, was been, Obstacle Man. It would have been citrus of some kind. Would have been orange, man. I reckon oranges and bananas can get along. <clears throat> no, it doesn't work. Yeah, more on the pre-show after the break. Hey, guys. Oh, big golf, huh? All right. Well, see you later. On the pre-show. to leave the finals. We'll be down to four after tonight. Dugan will kick off. Sending it down to the northern end. Underneath it is Sutton. Back. Met by Canberra. Changes 
momentum with that kick. They're working their way into this game. Although Luke causing some problems out of dummy half, as he generally does. Gets the ball away to Sutton. Sutton's away. He's inside the 30 metre line. The ball is coming. It's coming all right and rushing away to score at Reynolds. The number seven. Adam Reynolds scores for South Sydney. Adam Reynolds from 30 metres out right in front there. Yeah. 
their best will terrorise anyone. It'll terrorise any opposition. Okay, give me, give me one word. One word. About this week, relentless. They've got to be relentless. That's the word from Gus to South. Relentless. Doesn't matter what you you're playing finals, football, origin matches, matches you've got to win. You've got to start with an attitude, you've got to be relentless. I think it's relentless. That's doesn't matter. Here they are, taking it out, taking it out to full time. First final in 25. Sydney play Canterbury next Saturday night and I think 70,000 would be a reasonable guess at the numbers that they will attract. Manly will travel to Melbourne. This is Finals Football, live on the home of Rugby League. Alright there he was, me Duncan from 101.5 FM. Uh, he's a genius. Mr Grumpy. What? If we finally get some decent finals games... Well, name one decent finals game. All of them. Oh, please. They've been please. fantastic. <laughs> Fair enough. Adrian Enjoy McMurray. your league, league lovers. Don't listen to Wazza, Mr. Grumpy. I'm a bit upset you're so grumpy. Yeah, well, let's talk to a South fan who's been grumpy for a thousand years. years. <laughs> uh, Adrian McMurray, uh, who works me, with me at Pillar Sports. Uh, budding genius. What is a genius at budding? How you doing, buddy? Hey, good, good. And uh, we're finally talking to you uh, 20 minutes after I said I'd talk to you the first time. <laughs> All good. Oh, I'm more about 13 minutes, actually. I'm not going that badly. DC Chapman is alongside me. G'day, mate. How you doing? Hey, good, DC. Good to talk to you. Yep. Now, uh, we have uh, put the rumour out there that you are a South Sydney fan. Now, before you apologise for that, <laughs> uh, I just want to um, ask, how hard was it to uh, cover the game last Saturday night? with your team in a sudden-death semi-final playing? Uh, it wasn't too bad because it wasn't on the match report uh, okay. uh, for the opposing team, so that, that was that was all good. Um, but, yeah, no, I'm, I'm a professional anyway, so... Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's why I decided not to do the game because I just I don't know if I could have handled it. And I think the result uh, would have made your experience uh, watching that game in a official capacity a little bit easier to deal with. Matey, we just want to know about the Adrian McMurray story. Uh, why South Sydney? Uh, well, uh, Dad moved here, um, moved to Sydney from the country uh, a couple of, well, many years ago now. Uh, and he uh, decided to support South, and, and that's it. That's, uh, you know, I needed a team, obviously, and South Sydney it is. That pretty much says it all, though. That's all. If you support a team because of who your father supported... Well, that's, that's what happened that, to you, that's, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. That's didn't, what happened to 98% of us. DC, that's how it goes. Didn't your dad spin you kids some story about yeah. one of your uncles or great uncles no, I, I think... had played a game for St. George back in the, the 1853s, and for however many years you believe that, then we got to these great thing called rugbyleagueproject.com or .org, and we found out that the guy didn't exist. No, he existed. He just didn't. He played. What happened was, my father told me that he played for the for, for A grade for St George, and I and I thought that meant up in the top grade. But what it meant was that he, there was a that wasn't first. There was actually another grade below that called A grade or something like that, where he's playing mm. for one of the local St George area teams. See, it's it's hearing stories like that, uh, Adrian, that makes me very glad my father didn't support rugby league because I, I, I would imagine I'd just be crushed when I found out that wasn't true. I was I was a bit upset. Oh. How'd your, brother, how'd your brothers take it? 
Do they know? I think, do they here's know? the thing, here's the thing. I think they all knew, and I was like the goose, that, that kept on going around telling everyone that my grandfather played halfback for the Dragons. And, and, and they never they never let me on. In, to that, in, that, that, in that premiership winning uh, run of 11 straight no, years it wasn't. as well, wasn't it? Was, it was... Uh, very good. So you, you don't have a story like that uh, passed on from your father, do you, Adrian? No, no. He, um, I think he played one game of Jersey Flag for uh, North Sydney. Uh, this is going back, oh, I don't know, probably late 70s thereabouts. Yep. Um, but uh, no, he didn't, he didn't make uh, first grade or anything like that. Yeah, that's, actually, that's, that sounds like a very familiar story to someone we work with, um, Adrian. Yeah, I wonder if that, I wonder if that one's true as well. Uh, <laughs> DC's going. I want to know the story, but we can't tell you, mate. Right. It's uh, professional courtesy. So, buddy, uh, essentially, how many years have you been supporting the bunnies? Uh, well, for pretty much as long as I can remember. Um, as a kid, um, the the Melbourne Storm when they came to the competition, I sort of uh, jumped on board there. When you know the couple of the lean years there, where we were without a club. Um, <laughs> And when they were battling a bit, yeah. I, I must say I, I was a bit of a Storm fan as a young young bloke. About oh, I would have been about eight uh, when they came to the comp. So. Sorry, Dave, we're old. That's okay. what I'm just thinking. It's okay, we're old. <laughs> yeah, so Storm from and then oh, because obviously Souths were out for that uh, little period there. Um, did you know if you were a fan in those early years and then they disappear? As you say, you jump on the the Storm bandwagon to a degree. But did you think they'd come back? How how did you feel as a young South fan, was it okay? I'll just pick another team, or was it? Oh, gee, I hope they come back. I was, I was really confused. I've got to say, at the time, I didn't really, of course, understand what was going on. And even though you know people tried to explain it to me, I, I was uh, just really confused. And and I, you know, always hoped they'd come back, but I never really held out that much hope. <laughs> I've got to say, but uh, no, it was great. They came back, and and away we go. I mean, and who would have thought? Uh, 2012, just one win away from another glorious grand final appearance. Nobody, buddy. Uh, absolutely nobody would have thought that. <laughs> uh, um, I remember the last time Souths were relevant, uh, back in 1989, and uh, yeah, Canberra and Balmain touted them up in the semi-finals. But it's not to be this time, uh, mate. I was down at the game as I mentioned earlier with Matty um, to the Souths uh, Canberra game, and uh, there was a decent old crowd there. But I've got to admit. You could feel the nervousness from the old South fans because there was only about 5,000 Canberra fans in one little corner. And there's a few Canberra fans there. You would have seen probably on the TV they showed. There was a lot of us uh, waving our flags and whatnot. There was actually looked like there were more flags, Canberra fans, who brought flags than there were South fans. But the moment that the game was basically decided with about eight minutes left, I think it was with the, um, the Everingham try, uh, those South fans finally found their voice. And the roar in the stadium, and you could, you, it was almost like, you know how sometimes in the movies you see lots of troops sort of stand up or whatever, and you hear that, you know, that, oh, the, the, yeah. the knees locking kind of thing? It sounded like that when they all stood up to start cheering right at the end for the last five minutes or so. So I would not be surprised, and the numbers apparently are the same that's going to be the case. There's going to be more South fans than Dogs fans there um, Saturday night. Now, I must admit, judging by the quick responses I've had from both DC Chapman and Matty Duncan on my over-under. I'm going to have to probably change it because... Well, I've pre- you've set the line now. Yeah. I've predicted 62,500. Do you reckon that's massive unders at ANZ Stadium Saturday night, Adrian? I reckon, I reckon I'll crack the uh, the record. What is it set? I think it's uh, low 70s, is it? Low 70s. For the club games since it went to a smaller ground. 
Yeah, no, I reckon I reckon they're a, a big chance of breaking the record. You've seen uh, Rabbitohs fans coming out of the woodwork all over the shop. I mean... Uh, I mean, you have, so... Uh, <laughs> they're, just, they're coming out everywhere, and yep. uh, I, I'm seeing similarities. If you think back to 2009, the Parramatta yeah. bandwagon... Yep. Uh, I'm seeing I'm seeing massive similarities there, and I think the, the Bulldogs they're they're going to have a fair uh, whack of support as well. So I think the record's really in danger, which is fantastic. No, oh, I had to get one of the over unders wrong, didn't I? <laughs> it's going to be a great atmosphere. Yeah, it will be. Now, buddy, we will talk about game in just a few seconds. I just want to quickly get your tip for the Melbourne Manly game. Yeah, absolutely. I think the Storm will get the job done uh, in a tight one. Now, uh, Jason Riles has been ruled out today, mate. You've been following Twitter at all today? Uh, not hugely. What's been going on? <laughs> why, why is that, Wazza? <laughs> Thanks, DC, why, for well, uh, I was waiting. The... I was waiting for the moment. All right, you, basically... Was... No, no, hang on, hang on. Uh, have you been, you know... Oh, now I've forgotten the thing that you said. <laughs> An- anti- antagonistic journalism. Is it... <laughs> Sensational. <laughs> That's the one, sensational. Journalism. Let me just uh, fill for me, DC, for just a little bit. Wazza's Mr. Grumpy today, and he's... he's... He's got to get his... Uh, Mr. Grumpy, I don't know. Is that, was he actually a Mr. Man character? Yeah, of course he was, yeah. You, you'd remember that. I've, I've already made up my decision in the last five minutes to buy you a pair of Mr. Grumpy underpants and give them Fantastic. to you next week. Fantastic. All right. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. This is why I'm bringing up the, uh, the whole, what is it, word? Sensationalistic stuff. Andrew Webster, who's a pretty good journo. Uh, it's a shame he works for Telegraph, but he's a pretty good journo. And he did an interesting thing where he wrote the Immortal Words exclusive on a tweet earlier today, Adrian. That's always a good sign, isn't it? Okay, exclusive. Storm prop Jason Riles out of the preliminary final with a torn hamstring. Details on Telegraph uh, website soon. You go to the Telegraph website and you read the article and he basically says that the injury is career-threatening, possibly career-ending for Jason Riles. Now, we don't know any actual sources for that, etc. So then Melbourne, with their little uh, snappy little uh, pure account, come out an hour later or so and say... Confirmation that Riles had a setback at training yesterday with his hamstring will be assessed closer to the game. Talks of career ending are incorrect. Now, that's a fair enough comment back if if someone speculates that the guy's done for his career. Webster then replies with, it wasn't reported that his career was ending. It was reported that there were fears about it. Big difference. Adrian McMurray, is there a difference at all? Points basically making, yeah, look, they've had some creative license. And this is the issue stemming from some discussions that were on earlier uh, in the Twitter sphere the, the day or two before about uh, media access to clubs. Now, this is honestly where I find it a bit rich hearing journalists complain about not getting access to clubs when, in this instance, uh, Webster has obviously thought, how can I make the... Um, how can I get some ratings? Well, how, can, how can I make the article worth more than just I'll, the tweet? I'll sensationalise it. So to I'll the, just say, look, it, to it, the point I'll, where... I'll say he's 32 or 33, he's had a history of hamstring injuries. If I say potentially career-threatening, then it's, it's a better read. It um, adds a bit of weight to my, my exclusive. And you wonder yep. why 
the the clubs don't like doing the media. Well, that's the that's the problem, and this is what annoys me in it all is that well, you can't. What's the saying, Dave? Can't have your cake and eat it too. Something I've never understood that one. Like you got the cake, <laughs> um, but I just don't understand why. You know, unfortunately, the Telegraph's sort of made this rod for their own back in this situation. Um, and mate, you, you're aware, like the clubs don't always put players out, and I agree with the the sentiment that on Monday no clubs had media. Like mm-hmm. it's a preliminary finals week, and three Sydney clubs are in the preliminary finals, and we had yeah. one media out. I understand that. Yeah, that's right. But at the same time, I was at the same press conference Manly did um, on uh, Tuesday, and I can tell you right now the, the line of questioning to some certain players, and I won't name which players, was like, well, if you're going to ask questions like that on the eve of one of the biggest games of their career. Is it any wonder why they don't want to speak to you? Yeah, exactly. I'm not going to go into any more details there, but essentially, people. But it's a big disappointment. Just because the reason it, it's such a big thing. We we want the clubs to be more involved with the media and be more, uh, what do you call it, more likely to to do more media stuff yeah. during the weeks before the grand final. But the media doesn't make. And it I can easy make this point it, very it, clearly. It's, it's not on, always guys. the media manager's fault. Everybody, there's a thing called a football department which makes all the decisions. So. If you keep hearing about the media managers copying it, it's not necessarily the case. Where were we, DC? <laughs> I don't know. All right, we are, we're going to uh, the South Sydney Canterbury game, which, according to uh, uh, McMurdrian, which is his nickname, by the way, you can call him McMurdrian. Have a go. It's fun. McMurdrian. Yeah, that's it. How's, um, how's it going, McMurdrian? Yeah. Is it, now, to settle this <laughs> once and for all, yeah. Adrian, when we get our logins with the uh, NRL uh, portal CMS thing, what was yep. your initial login name? Uh, going way back, it was, I think, oh, I can't remember, but it wasn't anything like it is at the moment, which now is uh, McMudrian. McMudrian. Yeah. I, I just kept calling McMudrian because you remember Willow? Mad Mortigan? Yeah. Oh, right. So I, I sort of played along those lines, and, and poor old Mr. I was in diapers when um, <laughs> Willow came out, doesn't remember that one. But that's what I went with, and I'm Nick. I'm Nick War or something like that. They've turned my names around completely for some reason. But we digress. Are we, We're talking are we, are about we going back to the Cialis factor here, or what? Is this... <laughs> that's got to be the name of the segment next week. <laughs> the Cialis factor. The razor just shoot up. Um... Oh come on! At least Adrian got that one. Uh, all right. Um... Okay, let's go to the South Bulldogs game. There's going to be seventy thousand million people here, apparently, but. Why does South Sydney win the game, Adrian? Uh, well, I reckon oh, this is this is worrying me, but I reckon it comes down to uh, John Sutton. Um, yep. If he turns up, I think you'll be able to tell in probably the first five or ten minutes whether South are going to be a real chance in this game or not. Um, if, if he's if he's firing, then I reckon we're a real chance of uh, knocking them off. And someone else, I also like. I think. I've flown a bit under the radar. I won't hate you, that <laughs> term, but I will. Um, Chris McQueen out in the centres. Yeah, uh, yeah. Now, there was, you know, there was talk that um, Sean Corrigan was potentially going to play in the centres or Andrew Everingham in there with um, Justin Hunt coming yeah. up to the wing. And I've got nothing against Sean Corrigan as a bloke. I've never met him or anything like that. <laughs> but um, I have my concerns about him both in defence and attack. Uh, which, 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 which is basically yeah, they're okay areas. You're all right. If you've got concerns about his attack and defence, it's okay. You know, McQueen, can I can I make a point about McQueen? Wave to him. No, they 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 brought him in to the centres last week. Yeah. 
And there was a point where he did, and I can't remember exactly what it was, but he did something really quite nice and went over for a try. I'm pretty he set sure up, he set up the Burgess try. Yeah. That's right. And then they showed Maguire in the box, and Maguire says, and you can replay. He says, "That's my boy." Like, like he was ah, a little favourite boy. Yeah, here. I reckon. Bit yeah. of Hudson Smith, Absolutely. Wayne Pierce from I, I the think late Maguire 1990s was for those all years. All all, yeah, I reckon. So, so watch out for McQueen to have an even better game this week. Well, the interesting thing about that whole um, situation: which side of the field did McQueen defend on, bud? He's spotting raccoons. I love it. Um, I thought it was a trick question. But Blake Ferguson actually had a decent old match uh, for the Raiders uh, in that game. So he did a good job, but I don't know if he... I don't know if he... I saw him make Team of the Week and I was a bit surprised, but then I thought, well, who else they had to choose from? That was the... And when, you, when, you've got, when, when, when you've got two games, you've only got, what, um, eight centers to choose from. So, uh, look, you're right. My worry is uh, he'll get Christian Inu this weekend. Uh, Inu is either due for an absolute shocker, which I think he's had the last couple of weeks, actually. Or he's due for one of those games where he just has a, a massive impact on the match. DC Chapman, why do the Bulldogs win? The Bulldogs are one of these teams that have really been gelled for half the season. And it's not going to fall apart now. They're, they really are going very, very well. The only thing that will make their season fall apart is the fact that they're going to come up against either Melbourne or Manly in the grand final. Mm. Um, and until you said that fact about Melbourne before, I thought both teams had really quite a lot of big game experience and I thought that would be the difference in the grand final that yep. you know Rady Rady well, Manly do so but yeah but I just dogs are just putting it all together everyone in that pack does not, not enough well apart from Barber who does spectacular stuff everyone else does really really good stuff time after time after time yeah and so it just, you it, think it the four pack's going to outdo South because I'd say if there's one place South may have an advantage it's a four pack I don't think South have an advantage. Oh, they just the dogs are just that little bit better all over the park. Okay, my concern for the dogs is twofold. One is that their little tip-on plays with their front rowers is going to be targeted by South. Watch for Dave Taylor running in to try and smash someone. Sam Burgess yeah, and then give away a penalty. The Not necessarily. Yeah, I just would. think I think if that gets disrupted, that has a massive impact on the way that the Bulldogs play. And the second one is if I'm South Sydney, all I've done all week is sit in the video room. And watch that play on the left-hand edge for the Canterbury time after time after time after time after time after time after time. And DC, if you're not familiar with the play, it's the one where they send two NFL-style fullbacks out to the front of them to try and block players in the front, and then Barber gets the ball at the back and, and hits the, the left centre or the left winger. Well, yeah, actually, the left centre because Josh Morris doesn't pass yeah, yeah. it. But that is the one play that I've just done so much homework on. And essentially, what I'd be teaching my blokes to do is just to make sure that when they when you pick up the line that that those decoy runners are running, you just get in front of them and make them run into you. Because if yeah. that happens, you're going to get penalties, and the Bulldogs' best attacking play is going to have to be nullified. That's the only that's the way you shut that down in my book. Yep, yep. Good yep. call. <laughs> Sorry, I thought, I thought Adrian was going to say something. No, no, fair enough. Fair enough too. And how many times have we seen that? It's been effective for the Bulldogs all season. So. Uh, if they can shut that down, then they'll go a long way to uh, just shutting down the dogs' attack. Thing so, is, I don't think it'll happen, and the Bulldogs are going to win by 10 points. So uh, <laughs> The dogs will have a backup plan, won't they? No, not really. They've got Michael Ennis from Dummy Half. They know how well that's worked for him the last three or four seasons. The best thing Michael Ennis has done all season for the dogs is he's reduced his role in attack, and they have looked a better team. He's just got to make sure, okay, he, yeah, he's, got to make, he's, got to make sure yep. he just stays out of things, basically, and lets the um, likes of Josh Reynolds and stuff take control. But I'm going to take the dogs... Uh, simply because I'm worried about the Rabbitohs. I thought they look like that. I think to win the comp, they needed to win that first game against Melbourne. 
the confidence aspects and whatnot. I know they beat Canberra last week, but that it was Canberra, so and they had the solution. Yeah. They, they had the solution running around as their most dangerous player. We always got a guy called Barber. Josh Reynolds is a bit of a freak at times. So, and they've also come up against the answer, Chris Keating. So I mean, I can't, I can't tip against the Bulldogs. Do you see? Uh, Cassiano, um, uh, Pritchard, uh, Tolman. Um, the, Irish, the English fella that I can't remember off the top of my head. <laughs> Run again, son! That's him. Run again, son! So anyway, yeah, I just they're they're, they're all over the park. By how many? Right. Oh, by how many? By f- uh, you got by one. No, they're what, gonna. No, you said no. No, that's not you. No, that's not you. I said eight. Yeah, eight. I was like dogs by six. I'm pulling it back by four points. Uh, Adrian, who are you taking, mate? I'm going. What's what's your system called? The it's the anti mock. <laughs> yes. Well, it it was working a treat. Just to give everyone what I said last week, it's worked since round seventeen. Um, yeah. Round eighteen. Sorry. Basically, every week that I tipped Canberra, they got smashed. Every tip I every time I tipped against Canberra and said they'd get smashed, they won. It worked what? a treat until this last week. Oh, okay. It worked. It worked for ten weeks. It wasn't a bad little effort. So I think Adrian's going to try and adopt that for the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Is that correct? That's it. Bulldogs by one point. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. In extra time. I look. My my one hope is that it's just um, if if the Rabbitohs happen to lose, that it's just a great game, and it's decided by the players, and there's not some dodgy refereeing call that decides the game. Otherwise, I think all the world might just explode. I tell you what. If, ever, if, if the video ref box is ever going to be under threat, it's going to be under threat when there's seventy thousand people. The beautiful thing about this and South a whole team. lot of doggies and bunnies fans in that thing. There's a lot of people that. Wouldn't uh, worry about getting dirty. Okay, but okay, but they don't need to be too upset if they lose because the beautiful thing about this South team is that they're a team on the rise. They will be there in spades yeah, next you've year. You've got to take these chances because remember, it'll, it'll, their chances will be there next yeah, year. That, that team that. is not going to fall you apart. It happens. What happened to the Dragons, mate? They went on to, to win a premiership. Yeah, but my point is, it falls no, apart. That, yeah, but it falls apart after you've reached the top of the oh, hill. Oh, does it? <laughs> they go, you go up to the top and then you come There's down. a lot of clubs that wouldn't agree with that. Yeah. Main, perhaps, in the 1980s. They, they reached that top thing. This is true. It has you know, happened. It happens to a lot of clubs. It has um, happened. Quickly, I, I had a message via our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash podcast from Jardine Patton, and he put a, a video together on YouTube. Uh, just YouTube uh, search, a video referee solution. Um, apart from the whole, I'm going to shoot a thousand people if people they don't get it right, uh, angle that he had going, which I didn't quite understand. He did make a point that said, let's not reduce the amount of video refs, let's increase them. I think originally his plan was to have seven video refs, which harkens back to that idea that I had, that you should have one set of video refs at NRL Central with all the feeds and all the things making the decisions on every single no, game. but you don't need to have that. It's actually consistency. Sorry, you go and I'll... Then he says, let's have seven in one box, everyone seven. vote without looking at each other or something. Um, and then whatever the majority is wins, okay? I had a similar thought. But then he said he'd have 21 video referees. What? 21? Because apparently there's all these video refs that, all the referees that aren't actually refereeing anything this weekend because all the games are finished. Why don't we just put them all in a Why box? Why don't we just put them all in? <laughs> um, get the majority Give them all a buzzer like in those 90s, 90s game shows that Adrian doesn't remember, and um, we'll just see how we go. So he's, I think he's on the right track in the terms of you have some sort of majority <laughs> He's rules. overdone it a little bit. He has. Um, but it's, it's the, that's the general idea. Is And what do you reckon, Adrian? Do you increase the number of video refs? What do you do? Well, if you go with the... I think... Se- I had to laugh at seven because I mean, you could also... You could always uh, put a camera up there as well and turn it into like a bit of... Uh, 
in-game entertainment, you know? What, <laughs> Just have that music. Dum, 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 dum. Yeah, exactly. What's he going to do? Uh, uh, Dave, I can see that the video ref to my left is currently hovering over the no-try decision. <laughs> you know, you, you can have that kind of stuff. I mean, imagine, like, they could give Ray Hadley that job. He's pretty good at uh, mindless commentary. So um, we'll see how we go. DC. No, my, my thought was, half the problem is you don't get to hear what the video referee is saying and what his philosophy is for why it for why he ruled what he did. But if he did hear, and he said something like on the weekend where he goes, oh, Foran's touched that ball, can I see another angle? And then you hear him go, oh, no, that, maybe he hasn't needed. touched the ball. What we need is the two, mur- the two, they, the two on-field murdered. referees, the two sideline judges, and the video referee all... They all need to be having a discussion that they know is, is being aired. I can't. About you, you, quality of, of image and all that kind of stuff. No, that's exactly what's needed. What, what was needed was someone to say to the video ref, yeah, but surely Fawn's touched that ball with his hand. Well, that comes back to the, and then, the and old then, adage that we uh, stuffed with the video ref because a video ref means the on-field official doesn't have to make a call. And that's what happened in all those situations we had earlier in the year in Origin. No, Tony it's Archer, not about that. It's about using the technology that we have to make sure of the decision. Well... The problem is it doesn't always happen if there's one guy making that decision. If you have five guys all hmm. sitting there going... I reckon he's touched that, so do I, so do I. Then the other two guys have to say, well, it's majority rules. So you want more people in the box. Adrian, just... Surely you would get more correct answers. You happy with more um, people? You go, mate. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go with um, the, the TV, uh, the in-game TV show idea. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, I think that that decision has been uh, well-received. Why are we getting a boring TV show host instead because of... Because it would be boring. That's, what okay. we, that's the whole angle of the joke. Anyway, uh, Adrian McMurray, uh, mate, I believe you've got a, a couple more weeks of uh, mind-numbing thesis work to go. That's it. It's uh, going well. You'll be pleased to know I've made progress, which is oh. which is always positive. So you finally filled out your name and your details and uh, your new <laughs> number and all that kind of stuff? That's it. That's it. <laughs> very good. Yeah. All right, buddy, we'll let you get back to it. Thanks very much for being on the show. Uh, everybody, uh, Adrian's great work will be once again on display. This weekend, I believe you'll be writing at least one of the match reports this weekend, I hope. Uh, yeah, something like that. Sounds good. <laughs> Do you even know which games are playing this weekend? Uh, no, he'll be doing either the uh, Canterbury report or the Manly report this Friday or Saturday night. Adrian Murray, thanks for being on the footy show again. No worries, boys. Talk to you later. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. No, not going to happen. <laughs> okay, there he was, Adrian McMurray. McMurdrian as we like to call him. What'd you make of him? Yeah, good bloke. Like him. Like, he, like the way he thinks. Oh, yep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's uh, from a website, who'splayingwho.net, I believe, is the website. Uh, and he is part of the dynamic duo with some other bloke whose name I don't remember. And this will test whether he listened to the show or not this week. I, I know it's popular, and people text me and message me and all this sort of thing, and ask me <laughs> on the street about... <laughs> Okay, I'm here with Kieran Foran, bud. Uh, last few weeks, you've had some decent fullbacks to kick to. Yeah, it doesn't get any easier this week um, against Billy Slater. So, uh, yeah, me, me and Daly are going to have to make sure our, our kicking game's on song. So does it change week to week, different fullbacks? Do you have a different game plan going in? Yeah, yeah, you do. Uh, you know, all, all fullbacks are different. Uh, they they all like uh, coming out of certain corners and and uh, and doing their things. So uh, your, your game plan does change. Any temptation to do the old kick into the end goal and get the 20-metre restart instead? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I think in finals footy, um, you know, it's about keeping the ball in and, and trying to wear the other team down. So, you know, I don't think we want to be letting, letting them off the hook that easily. 
And uh, the last few weeks, mate, the physicality of finals, are you feeling it? Yeah, I, I always feel it. <laughs> Just the way, way way the body is at, at this time of the year. I think everyone feels feels finals footy. Um, yeah, that, like I said, it doesn't get any easier. It just keeps getting more physical, and um, yeah, we've got to make sure our bodies are, are right. Now yourself, you've uh, been taking the line a little bit more, run to the line with your, your catch and your catch and pass, and I get you Steve back this week. So that left edge that was intact on the first game of the finals is back intact this one. Yeah, yeah, it's great to have Stevie back. Uh, you know, can't replace a guy like him. He, he brings so much to our side. So um, yeah, really looking forward to, to striking up the combination again with him, and, and hopefully, yeah, the left side's firing. And I guess injuries sort of derailed your season a little bit. Do you feel like, you know, obviously with T-Rex there as well, you've, you've got that option of going out or back or in short? Yeah, 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 I do. Um, you know, we've got some great options on that side. Like you said, you know, T-Rex is starting to hit some hit some form now and he's, he's so damaging when he's fresh. So, um, yeah, I'll be looking to use him, him quite a bit this week. Now, you've obviously played back-to-back games. Do you like the fact that you're playing week after week after week in the finals? Yeah, no, I think it's been good for us, you know. Uh, as much as much as the week off would have been nice and, and, and freshen up, I think... Um, I think the extra game probably didn't do us any harm. You know, we, we've been struggling to, to put together an 80-minute performance, and um, I think having the extra game, you know, probably helped us, uh, you know, just just find our feet a bit more. And everyone's talking about Hippie Paul Hay, mate. He's going outstandingly on that left wing. Uh, what do you make of uh, his uh, adaption to finals football? Yeah, he's been incredible. You know, he's, he's been our been our most influential player over the last couple of weeks. Um, you know, he, he he brings so much to the side. He's, he's such a strong runner and. And he seems to come up with that with that run when we need it uh, most. So um, yeah, he's, he's he's handling the pressure fine, and hopefully he just just keeps keeps going up from here. And last one, mate. What's it like to get the Broncos schedule Friday night, Friday night, Friday night? Enjoying that? <laughs> it's great. I can see how much they they must love it during the season. <laughs> it's, uh, it gives the body plenty of rest, and uh, yeah, no, it's good. You know, Lloyd. Just when I think you couldn't possibly be any dumber, you go and do something like this. And totally redeem yourself! DC, we have to get to something that you wanted to speak about before we wrap up Not The Footy Show, episode 127. And that is the idea that was in the Herald this week about poaching players from other codes. Poaching players from other codes. Now, I maybe I've been completely wrong all year, but I was under the opinion that everyone, including AFL, considered Israel Folau and Carmichael Hunt poaching players from other codes to be a massive failure because of their on-field... What, what's the word, what's the best word here? Pitiful, <laughs> pitiful displays. The return, the return for the price they're being paid. But apparently, off the field, the money that they've been generating has been well, well worth it. Yeah. Um, the the stat was, and I, I question it a bit, but the stat was that three quarters of the uh, West Greater Western Sydney Giants jerseys that have been sold have had Israel Full number on the back. Now, does that just mean that it? That, that the Giants decided to make a whole heap of Israel for No, everyone choosing. just likes number four, or, I think. Or, well, well do they get to choose the number? Yeah. And, and, and they're all choosing for our. So the, the publicity stunt has worked well and truly, and the, way, the reason why they can do it is apparently because in AFL they have a, a rule that says you can, if, you, if you get someone from outside of AFL, they're exempt from mm. the salary cap. That's the way it works, yeah. Um, so you can pay them a real lot of money, um, and then they come over and it's a big publicity and people come just to watch how that guy goes. Um, and they've got people from track and field and basketball and I think there was a boxer in there somewhere. Or I don't, I'm, not, yep. I'm not too sure. But he, he basically, it was Brad Walter, was saying there's these guys and these guys and these guys that we could get to come to, to rugby league if we have the same rule put in place. So essentially create... And, 
exemptions in the salary cap for players that we Yeah, and I think they're only allowed one. They're only allowed one per team. Um, And it doesn't matter if if they turn out to be no good at the sport because it's been proven to get extra bums on seats and extra money. Okay, well then, who would you, if you had the choice of any player in in the Australian code or the New Zealand code, Lazian codes, who who would you bring to rugby league? See the the, the problem I is name, I think his name's Sonny Bill Williams. Yeah, but he's already that's the point. He's already they're, done. They're, they're doing just that. They're, they're pulling him out. But he's not. He's not exempt from the salary cap, and he's already played rugby league before and walked out in rugby league before. And as a professional, um, and you know he's going to be good. It's not really. I don't know if that's such a big deal. Uh, you know, you're not really stealing him from another code. He, he's, mm. he's, well, who'd you have? Come on, tell me your name. Well, the thing is, I don't have enough background of all is, these. Is all these Troy Luff available? We'll get in there retirement. Remember Troy Luff? No, I don't. If anyone does, have you had a chuckle. Uh, anybody else, mate? Surely, oh, surely. Let's get that, Del Piero. Let's just get Del Piero to do conversions. Let's put him on the wing like Ian Aaron. Like, yeah, uh, yeah, good Ian idea. Crossan. Good idea. Imagine that. Yeah. You just rock him out there, put him in the boots and stuff. I, I've always liked the idea of, of grabbing a sprinter. Well, know, Darren Clark the... didn't work. Um, no, I, I know it didn't work, but it was so, I, I wanted to go to those games to watch them play. Hmm. I wanted them to succeed. I wanted them so to you still haven't given me a name? I don't know any, any good players. Matt the Lunchbox, Matt Shervington. Yeah, but he's too old. Back in the day, it would have been good. Anybody else? Come on, throw a name at me. This is the whole idea. If you're going to do a segment on DC Talk, you need to come up with names. I reckon we should get cricketers involved. I reckon cricketers that, that would like the idea. See, back in the day, it was Andrew Simons. Get, just, just put him in there. See how good he goes. Slightly dating yourself with all these names. Yeah, I know. I know <laughs> I am. Yeah, this is true. Anybody else? Come on. Gotta get to the Kieran Foran interview. Come on. Hooker. Steve Hooker. The pole vaulter. <laughs> what position would you play him in? You could bulk him up in the second row. Oh, yeah, much more chance being banana man than playing right <laughs> All right. <laughs> it's everybody. a good thing in the next We have to get to the votes of uh, Annual Sweet Player of September. Uh, our superb voters do their business once again. Just quickly, the odds on Canterbury, South Sydney is $1.48 for the dogs. Two seventy-two for South Sydney, plus six for South Sydney. That was plus five and a half uh, yesterday. It's come into uh, six points flat. Tell you what, South Sydney one of twelve, three ninety, thirteen plus seven twenty-five. I think your best chance here is. Let me just look around. Is this thing called a half dozen? Well, how does that work? Any, any? Well, I think it's any poor. Okay, under six and a half points in the result. So if you think that either team's gonna win by either six points or less. You can get two dollars seventy-five, which I assume is good. <coughs> Fair right. enough. There you go, everybody. Uh, these for your odds, people, because we didn't get GT on today. Um, there's the odds talk. Uh, NRT player of September. Guess who is out in front? I know who's out in front because I read the the sheet before. Guess again. <laughs> hip hip. Jorge. All right, Jorge Tafua cleaned up. All three voters gave him. Four points on Friday night. He was outstanding. So he picks up 12 votes and goes to 15 on the season, or the, of September, actually. And uh, he's actually ahead of Sam Limbs, who won't vote again. He won't poll vote again. No, he picked he up one vote. He was very good for the Raiders as well. Um, now, they're the top two. We'll, we'll reveal all the people after that in just a few seconds. But oh. we'll go through the votes. Uh, Friday night, Seagulls 22, Cowboys 12. Who were the voters and what are the votes? W.D. Nicholson gave four to Jorge, two to Jonathan Thurston, one to Jamie Lyon, and one to James Tamau. Tamau was outstanding. I didn't get a chance to give him a rap before, but he was great in that match. He did do well, didn't he? Matt. Uh, yeah, you say it. Matt Spillane, Jorge Tafua four, Matthew Scott two, Daly Cherry Evans one, and Glenn Hall one. I'm going to take a guess and say Michael McLucas. Oh, ding. 
gave four to Jorge, two to Matty Scott, one to Tamau, and one to Jamie Lyon. The Rabbitohs, 38. The Raiders, 16. Benjamin. Oh, houses. Hoses. <laughs> Where's the extra S? I, f- I forgot. It's either I- house or it's hose. It's Hoesi. Or is it Hoesi? It's Hoesi. Is he from Kenya? Uh, Isaac Luke, four votes. Adam Reynolds, two votes. John Sutton and Andrew Everingham, one vote each. Greg Delaney gave four to Adam... Oh, you love your Greg Delaney. He's your he's number one fan. He gave four to Adam Reynolds, two to Sam Burgess, one to John Sutton, and one to Isaac Luke. And Michael Vickers, four to Adam Reynolds, two to Isaac Luke, one to John Sutton. He gave a vote to Sam Williams for his effort. Now, quickly, we'll go to the uh, ladder. So it's Tafua out in 15. Sam Williams on 11, then what's next? Josh Morris on 10. He, he's a good chance to run away with it, I think. Matty Scott and uh, Adam Reynolds are also both on 10. Matty Bowen can't pull any more votes, but he's on 8. Billy Slater has... Uh, sorry, Bowen's on 9. Uh, Billy Slater on 8. Isaac Luke 7. Uh, James Tamau on 6. And the rest are all also runs. It's probably relevant because they're all... <laughs> all right, OK. Uh, Cameron Smith and Ryan Hoffman are both on 5. Tolman, Cooper, Cronk... Josh McCrone and Josh Papali, the Papaya King, are all on four. So you imagine that the way that the system works, I explained it last week, but I'll do it again. This week we're going to have four voters each game. So there'll be 16 points on offer if you're the man of the match. That's right. And then in the grand final, there'll be five voters. Are you. Are you... So the grand final, Clive Churchill winner you know, could win, get 20 points. Well, what was the name of the fella that wanted 21 referees? Jardine Patton. <laughs> is, is it a bit of that going on here? You're just deliberately going well, over the, the top? Well, the idea is that we have to make the bigger the game, the more points that are eligible if you man the match. Yeah, fair enough. And because we've only got a four-week sample size, if we were just gone each week two voters every game, then some nif nuff who has a good game in the first week of the finals. So how many, how many five voters So they get 4 the two, one, one, four, two, one, one. So someone could get 20 points. So at the in moment... That, in that grand final. Exactly right. And they, but they might not even win. Because... If any of the players here do well this next week, they put themselves in a little bit of contention. That's why those those two and those one votes in the grand final, because you could you could finish, count. It all you, could, you could finish with one vote from five people and you get five votes. And that could be enough to tip you over the edge and win the NRL Sweep Player of September. It's called consistency. That's what we're after. Playing well every week. Or and just being rewarded for finals. Uh, so there's the NRL Sweep Player of September. You can follow the hashtag. It's just hashtag. NRL tweet player of Why September. Why isn't the Briggs and Stratton in there? Pepsi. Uh, let's disappear here on the Woody Show. I've been Warwick Nicholson. I've been DC Chapman. Where can people get more rugby league information? From wdnicholson.com. I'm on Twitter, at NRL Tweet. DC is at DC Chapman. So it's DC <laughs> underscore Chapman. Am I? It's news to me. I actually included you in a tweet last weekend. It was interesting to see how many people actually clicked on that link because you don't exist. But it would be interesting to see how many people actually thought DC had finally got himself some Twitter. Some Twitter action. I might have to deliberately get on there and create something. Yeah, wait till the end of the footy season to do it when uh, we're not on the air anymore and, and you'll be... I'll, I'll, do, I'll do it when I get Foxtel. That's when I'll do it. Approaching 6,000 6, followers, just by the way. Yeah. A little bit of 2 2 will be there. Uh, nice. And you can get uh, facebook.com slash NRL podcast. Look, if you like our show, let us know, please. You download it enough times. I can't understand it. Yeah, but that's how they're letting us know, by downloading it. But it would be. I, like, I wouldn't it, listen to it. it would, <laughs> I can do the same thing. Just click download. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. It, it would be nice to be getting some feedback. Yeah, because uh, we're thinking about doing. Well, DC, we discussed this over dinner tonight. It was a nice romantic candlelight dinner for two. But we talk, spoke about possibly putting. You've together already a told them song. about about the the McDonald's. No, we, we we look bigger Mac. Do it. All right. It, it, it. it tastes good. It is good. Because <laughs> what was the key? The, or the ratio of of patty to bun. Because when you have a Big Mac, generally you either get too much bun. 
well, yeah, get too there, much sauce. There isn't, there isn't enough meat in that burger. But you add the double, the, 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 the quarter pounder patties. Evens it all out, balances it all out. And it's like a meal. It's actually like a burger. But getting back to the... Back in touch with the candlelight dinner and all that kind of stuff. Um, what did we discuss? We, we would, we, we're going to probably have to do it ourselves because no one likes us enough. But we're going to do a little bit of a ditty, a little bit of a song. Oh, we're, yeah, we're going to write a song. Well, was it brought up the idea of doing an ode to the to not the footy show? But then DC asked, "Can you do an ode to yourself?" You can't. That's isn't that against the rules? I don't know. We just, can't call it an ode. We just call it a song. We'll just well, we can do an ode to NRL. But, but apparently, this is why this is why I'm ending the show this way. Is that apparently James Blunt's going to be in this year next week? Now, if anyone can ooh. construct a song, it's James Blunt. Can, uh, can he actually play the guitar? Well, he's the one that does the tune way back when when we did not the footy show. Goodness me. And that was I told you that process, didn't I? I recorded him doing that, and then put it on the, the computer, put headphones in our ears, and sung over the song. Not the, no, not the. And uh, did you wear did you wear sombreros as you did it? That was a sombrero in the office. I can guarantee you that there was nice. a sombrero in the office. Uh, but we were just going to say, look, if there's any moments that you've really enjoyed during the year that we think we should reference, if we do said ode or song, um, in the last three years, the guests you've enjoyed or whatever. I'm also trying to. Uh, Drum up a guest for the for the main the main event. Uh, someone who may have even played a grand final for your lot way back when, DC Chapman. So, way back and, when, and, and uh, possibly another game for one of our other guest hosts uh, teams in another grand final. So there you go. I'm leaving that one yeah. out there. You can try and figure it out, people, if you know who and what is stuff. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I've been Warwick Nicholson. Totally confused. I've been DC Chapman on a high. And I'm Mr. Angry Grumpy. Mr. Grumpy. Uh, we'll speak to you uh, maybe on the weekend, depending on the quality of the two football games. Basically, it, it, basically the reason, Dave, I said that is that if they're good games, I'm happy to talk about them and put the effort into making the podcast. Yeah, but be a but bit more optimistic about duds, whether they are good games. Or I can't even watch Saturday night. They're finals night. games. Actually, they're, that's they're not going to happen. Good. I won't be able to watch Saturday night. I'm Why at the not? wedding. Oh, Remember? dear, oh, dear. Ah, uh, yes. Anyway, go to the 20s. <laughs> Rugby league. Uh, I, I picked um, I picked uh, Melbourne and the Dogs. I've picked Dogs and Manly. Yes, and the other tips are, are there. I think we said Maria said Storm one twelve, Dogs one to twelve. But I did ask for margins, so she thought I meant footy tab margins, evidently. Uh, and uh, Nick McInerney, who you'll hear right now. Hey, I'm going to see someone to go to that place in Punchy tomorrow night for dinner. What time? Well, that could be a chance. Yeah, yeah, what time? Whenever you can get over, man, I'll drive you from here. No worries. Um, do you have a margin for us, bud, for the games today, this weekend? Oh, um, Melbourne are going to win, and they are going to win by three. That's right, three. Ooh, that's why we've missed you on the show. <laughs> uh, <laughs> next one. The Punchball yeah, Boys. The doggies, the doggies will win by 13. Ooh. Rabbits have no hope. All right. Not even after last week. And what and what Canberra Raiders player deserves all the credit for what he did on Saturday night? Um, definitely not the solution. <laughs> no, no, after the game, who who got all the players to come over and see the crowd? Oh, yeah, Joel Thompson, yeah. 
Sensational, sensational effort. Alright, I know I'm in for sure, mate. I'll speak to you. I'll speak to you tomorrow. No worries, man. So you definitely you got hey, what about you, Dave? You wanna to come tomorrow or what? No, no, I can't come tomorrow, mate. Alright, catch you later, guys. See you buddy. See you, mate. That's why we pay the big bucks. Scintillating stuff with James Blunt. P.S. this restaurant's supposed to be spectacular. Full report next week on the grand final show of Not the Woody Show. There you go, he's taking Melbourne by three and Canary by thirteen. Go on your D uh, what's his name? Nick McInerney. I just write down that time. So through the magic of editing, he'll come back. DC, we need you out of here, man. Just get, out, get us out. Get us out. Do not be a Mr. Grumpy. Enjoy your league, league lovers. Yeah, I'm glad I waited for that. All right, see you, everybody. <laughs> just go away now. I've had a gut call of you the whole game. Oh, I see. We're here for five minutes. I've seen my dinner after. Pepsi. <laughs>